Hello and welcome to another edition of Open Alarms, the QPR podcast, where I'm hosting, as per usual these days, and I'm Paul Finney. I'm joined by Martin Percival. Welcome back, Martin. Thank you, Paul. Nice to be back. Ah, you don't mean it, but thanks anyway. And (laughs) also joined by Martin Beattie, a long-time QPR fan. And um, yeah, good to have you on. Should have got you on a long time ago, Martin. My apologies, but welcome on. No, thanks very much for inviting me, Paul. I'm really looking forward to it. I think the well, last one the three of us were together, Paul was in Glen Soren, wasn't it? Yeah, that didn't end well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was at Belfast. I remember getting rather drunk. And, and I remember Mel came over with us and he he, he was like, Oh, why do you Linfield so much? And he saw the Chelsea flags, he got it <laughs> anyway, as as you do. Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about QPR, not. You know, Belfast, oh, I do like Belfast. Right, not that I'm from Belfast, I never mentioned the podcast at all. I'm completely, um, never mentioned it or Studiac, all that nonsense. Anyway, listen, what difference two games, eh? I mean, that was, that was, Martin, that was incredible, wasn't it? The, the, the Luton game and the Sheffield United game, was, it was like day and night, wasn't it? Which Martin are you talking to, Paul? <laughs> yeah, good point, that. PT, as you say, Martin B or Martin P, oh, that's no, no, already gone to this. There's always come to the bottom of the sea already. <laughs> Thank you, Hugo, for listening. Um, right, Martin BT, what did you think? Well, the, the Luton game, go, going going into the match, we'd, um, clearly we're on the back of a, an unexpected and, and welcome result at Preston, and the performance was was really was really out of keeping with the previous, goodness knows how many games under uh, our previous manager. Um, so, you know, Cardiff... Yeah, not not very good, but nevertheless, going into that Luton game, it was um, the, the sign. The signs were healthy, um, and wow, what what a performance! And it was, um, it, it was it was a strange one to pinpoint. Really, we, we we know what we're capable of. We know what those players are capable of, both good and bad. And um, that was bad. There was there was, there was yeah. no hiding away from it. Um, I understand or understood Critchley's comments at the end of the game. He's not going to hang his players out to dry after sh- no. such a, a short spell in, t- in charge, but um, bitterly disappointed. And um, to be totally outplayed by Luton, by far and away the better team. Um, but but it was hurt, you know, it hurt it. So the ground was empty after about, certainly when the third goal went in, there was there was barely anyone left in Loftus Road. Um, I think the, the trouble I thought, Martin, BT, with that was the fact that, you know, They've probably got a smaller budget than us. They'd also changed their manager roughly the same time as us. Um, yeah. And we didn't look, we still looked a little bit shell-shocked, in my opinion. I'm not saying that's right or wrong or whatever reason. It just shows you the impact, I guess, the whole Beal scenario had where their manager went off, talked to the club and buggered off. Whereas yeah. ours, you know, it, it was hanging around like a bad smell once we knew that it was still going. So I guess, and the players still look disfranchised from that. And it's, it was just, it was a horrible, I, and it going to go to you, Martin Percival, because you're the bit with the brains behind things. By the way, Martin, the other Martin, this guy could organise a podcast. He's been trying to organise this for weeks, and I'm just like, you yeah, whatever, but it gets organised, it gets organised in the morning of the podcast, and anything beforehand is just weird. But anyway, we'll go with it. Um, I can't remember the last time they'd done a double over us 
I'm, I'm sure they have in my lifetime, but Jesus, it's been a very, very long time. It's, it's been a terribly long time. I think Chris Guy looked at the statistic, and I don't think we'd lost to Luton in something like 18 matches, Paul. Yeah, and, and, I, and he said, shall I publish the statistic? And I said, no, that's not, because you'll put the mockers on it. But it shows, I mean, we have been Luton's bogey team for a very long time. And as we all know, these things eventually have to end. But um, I, I was not looking forward to that match in advance. I was, like Martin Beattie said, very pleasantly surprised with the result of Brexton. I thought that was an excellent result against a team that I've got time for. I've got no time for Luton. Um, and losing 3-0 at home to them is humiliating. And I'm just glad we managed to bounce back very, very well on Monday night against Sheffield United. Well, the thing, the thing is, by the way, your sound's a wee bit all over the place, though, Martin. Um, I don't want to sound I'll try and get a bit close. Yeah, I would. I think, for those who don't know, Martin, I think, was talking to us from Norway. He's now moved back <laughs> into the country. Um, back in the UK. I think the trouble with Luton is, is it's always the, the... For me, the away game, the way they behaved in the last couple of seasons has been disgraceful. They're making a team walk from the coach and... Then that using Jimmy Dunn as a headline job done when they know he walked off injured and they're just a classless club. I don't care if I upset anyone saying that. I'm not bothered. They really are. And they they seem to love manufacturing this rivalry with us. And it's a dangerous rivalry. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I know that we're no angels either, and you know, what happened to their fan and everything else, we all know that. But my God, their club thrive on it. And it, and since I was a kid. And over here, it's always been that way, isn't it, guys? I mean, Luton yeah. love to play QPR. And I would actually say they we're in the same league as Watford for their hatred. Some of them actually regard us as a bigger rival and they dislike us more than Watford. Yeah. yeah. And you could yeah. feel that on the pitch, couldn't you, guys? You could yeah. feel their players have been briefed. And we were maybe still shell-shocked. I just hope that they don't go up and we can play them next season and then we can just batter them again and keep it back to where it should be. Well, but yeah. It, you know, 18 games about winning at Loftus Road. I like them sort of records. And it's, it's, we've lost a few over the years. And that's one you didn't want to really lose, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And, and just go back to your point there, Paul, that, that their club are actively fueling this rivalry. With oh, some yes. Of the social media comments. And uh, yeah. it's, dangerous. It's, not, it's not healthy at all. Not healthy no. at all. Why, yeah. would they, why would they make the players walk? To the I've never seen that. Even I mean, we talked about Glen Torn in the Irish League. I mean, that's part time for God's sake. I wouldn't even see that in, in that league. I mean, the only thing that springs to mind is when Derby made Brian Clough walk when he came back with Forrest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. It's just such a petty, pathetic thing to do. But it gives us a kind of a us against the world mentality. And it gives them, well, look what we're doing the QPR. We treat and you can tell me the club don't thrive on that because they wouldn't do it otherwise. And they certainly apologize for it and, and just be decent about it. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, we, listen, we're no angels. I don't know what goes on half the time and things, but I do know when we went to their ground, they tried to join the I don't know if you guys were there, but they tried to join the police escort going down through Luton. Which yeah, was did, yeah. I, I was I wasn't there, but some was there. Um yeah it's it, it's always been the way of Luton. You need, you need to be you need to be wary, and you, you've needed to be wary there since the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 sorry, yeah. The, the first time I went there was nineteen seventy four, and that was a two-two draw. Luton had just been promoted. Uh, the ball went into their home end um, early in the game. They kept the match ball. We got a penalty about twenty minutes later. Stan Bowles took the penalty. He stuck it away, but as 
penalty was being taken, the Luton fans threw the ball on the pitch from earlier in the game, which meant the referee had to order the penalty to be retaken. Stan took it again, stuck it in the opposite corner, and then walked to the Luton fans and gave them the V sign. So although <laughs> a lot of this goes back to definitely the late 80s, remember there was an FA Cup replay there that was particularly hairy. Uh, there's not been a lot of love lost between the two clubs for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we can blame Stan for it, basically. We can time, blame but... Stan for it, exactly. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. the thing is, I, I sadly lived there for a while. Not long. Yeah, um, oh dear. Nothing against anyone who lives there, but it wasn't for me. And I got in under the ban when they banned us. And yeah. I mean, I got in. There was freaking loads of religious fans. It was a case I, of walk around. I, I, I had a membership as well. I, I never missed the game under the bump. Yeah, there, a few never others. Like, what are you doing? You're yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It was a lot. It was a lot less frosty as well, wasn't it? I mean, their nutters obviously didn't decide to go because there was no point. And um, I think the game I went, Les scored and Paul Walsh played. Anyway, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it's just, it's just, it's fueled. It's all necessary. It's a bit like you know, Brentford and the way they. You know, they refuse to announce us on the pitch sometimes and spell our name wrong the programme. And I just yeah. wish we could be as petty as that sometimes. Just, <laughs> we, we we just behave to everyone lovely, don't we? We must be a lovely club to visit. We never give anyone any hassle. Anyway, um, Sheffield United, we've done Luton. It's gone, it's binned. Um, let's get them back next season on the pitch. Um, wow. I mean, that was, that was a much better performance. Got in at the end, but, you know, Took one one all day long, wouldn't you guys? Martin yeah, P, you come absolutely. in. Absolutely. Martin P. The, 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 the expectation levels were, were, all, were, were almost zero before the game. Almost yeah. zero. Um, and uh, it, it was a it was a big game for us, a very, very big game for us. And to put that performance in against the side as financially strong as Sheffield United were, yeah. um, some of our guys were, were brilliant that night. And um, we'd, have, we'd have all settled for a draw. We'd have grabbed the point at eight o'clock, absolutely grabbed the point at eight o'clock to lose it in in literally the dying seconds of the game was um, was a big disappointment. But um, credit to the credit to the players, credit to the manager. Um, what a performance it was! Yeah, I, I felt similarly, Martin. I thought it was an excellent performance. I actually had some degree of confidence going into it. I've no idea why, because the facts didn't really point to it. You know, Sheffield United were a good club, second in the league. You know, they've been playing well. I know we we won up there, but you know that doesn't count for anything very much. But um, clearly, Critchley had taken some time. He'd given instructions to the players. We played to our strengths. Sheffield Wednesday, uh, sorry, Sheffield United. It probably wasn't the best they've played this season by any stretch of the imagination. But we gave it a really good go. I think the one thing that I was disappointed with towards the end, when we were obviously one nil up. I really do think if we'd put a bit more into it and scored a second goal, that would have killed it. I don't think they would have come back. If Rangers had got a second goal, I think that would have ended it. But yeah. as you said, at eight o'clock, we'd have taken a point every day. Yeah, and, and I, Sorry, I think that, that that comes back to the quality of our bench again. If, um, yeah. You know, the, the substitutions were... I'd, I'd like to see Armstrong come on, put a bit, put a bit more pace up front. Maybe even Shadipo to come on and uh, yeah, and, and trouble them with his pace. But the one the one that was crying out for me, uh, we sit in X Block, um, Ellerslie Road, and Ozzy Kikai, who I thought was absolutely magnificent for the whole of the game, was was on one leg 
after about 75 minutes he was cramping up um, he right. actually went down he actually went down with cramp uh, which which gave the, the the additional couple of minutes of injury time um and for me that was that benefit of hindsight and all the rest of it we, we perhaps should have taken Aussie off and maybe brought um the Masterson was was on the bench maybe maybe give Masterson an, an extra uh give us an extra defender an extra body to if we're going to try and defend then um put a defender on rather than an Amos or um and Albert, you know, that's, uh, that, that would have been better for me. But Ozzy was really struggling, and credit to him for finishing the game, but um, I'm not sure he should have been allowed to. I mean, what I would have personally done, I would have, I would have dropped Field back and took Ozzy off and brought Armstrong on and give them something to worry about. Yeah. Because it, the trouble is that when, it's not, listen, we've all watched football long enough, we're all old, <laughs> some more than others, Martin. Um, <laughs> and when we start hacking the ball away, that was, I hadn't seen us do that. It looked like, although it's to be first appearance in the podcast, um, you kind of felt that it was going to go one way. We were panicking too much. Well, we've been playing it around the box and playing it out was much better and smoother. And listen, they're a good side. I know they've got their injuries, but the bench, yeah, the bench is a worry. The bench isn't as strong as it could be. We, and we, we need to strengthen the squad, Paul. There's no doubt about it. You know, trouble is, Martin, it's FFP again, isn't it? I mean, I know. you know, if you if you believe what you read and you believe what you hear, you know, we're going to get struggled to get through it again, maybe, unless we sell again. Because, yeah. you know, it's been a few years since we saw Eze and stuff, and that was during the pandemic, so that money would have been swallowed up anyway. Yeah. And, and things like that. So I do worry. But also, it's like you can't keep bringing 13 players in every flipping season and then hoping. I mean, we just paid born off today I mean what a waste that was I mean you know that's another few million down the spawn the same as Washington the same as Silla the same as Leisner you know we, we keep buying players off and that's that's not healthy for a club our size so I'm not saying that's anyone's fault by the way for anyone listening yeah. I'm just saying it's just unfortunate we don't seem to be able to find that flipping 20 goal season striker you know what I mean whatever yeah. we think of, of, of Linda Dykes he's not a 20 goal season striker he no, needs to play beside him as he showed on, yeah. on Monday yeah. there's too yeah. much pressure on him but where are the, these strikers? Well, yeah, it's um, the, the the problem is if we if we're going bargain shopping, we're we're not going to get we're not going to unearth a, an Ilias chair or Nebaris as they every five minutes. We're going to get a McCauley bomb. We're going to get a George Thomas, um, and and the only way it can work is that you your good ones outweigh your bad ones. Um, you know, in, in terms of financial reward, and I. I I don't believe the things that are quoted about Bomb, you know, £2 million. I can't believe for a moment that the deal's been worth £2 million. To no, I think it, it may was. well have been with, with add-ons and such, but um, that, that, that's the risk that you take. That's the risk that you take when you, you're looking for I think, for him, I think him... I think... ..both 2.5 to... to... Yenny was over two million, I think, one point five to two million. You know, um, oh, Martin's froze, is it? I know he's back. But the trouble is, we say that, and then we look at Luton, and then we think, Christ alive! Look, you know, look at their bench; they've got some rapees on there. Um, and you kind of think, well, where are they finding the players from? Is it because it's a one-time club? I mean, are we suffering because we're in London? And, you know, basically, let's face it, Chelsea, even Arsenal Spurs find it hard to get kids when Chelsea are still absolutely even within a 30-mile radius of the ground. It's, it's so difficult. But, yeah, I think it was too many more, definitely, 100%. Um, I know that. Um, and if we had been a great player and we, we got 12 million, we'd say it was the best deal ever. It's just, it doesn't seem to be going our way, apart from Eze and a couple of others. Our transfer return hasn't been brilliant. 
And again, I don't know if that's modern football or the fact that players just not look at the right players. I don't know. What do you put it down to? Martin Percival can come in because silence is terrible on the podcast. Sorry, Paul, I missed that. What was it you said? Um, this podcast is going great, I tell you. As soon as we get this flipping everyone back in the game, the sooner the better, I tell you. Now, I was saying that, you know, are we are, are we wasting money? Are we just unlucky? Or, uh, you know, there's other clubs at the Yeah, same I mean, the, the London thing's a good point, Paul. You know, in theory, it's a big catchment area. And in theory, there should be a lot of players out there. But... I saw the under-23s, I think it was, three times last year. Martin, I think, saw them. And I'll be honest, there was nothing there that impressed me at all. Um, I was really, really disappointed. And, you know, people look back and there was criticism of Steve Gallon when he was running the youth set up. But I felt there were a number of players in that era who were worth a run in the first team. There were some tasty players. We're going back a long way now. The Michael Doughty's of this world. But I thought they were worth a go. They got very, very few appearances. In some cases, they got nothing. Um, and with the exception of Ezzy, obviously, who's a lovely player and did well for us, we just haven't really done very much in terms of youngsters for more than 10 years now, with one or two exceptions. And something is not quite working there. Uh, and I know some people say young kids these days aren't football, they're doing other stuff, they're on their Xboxes, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we, we just need to look at it. And maybe with the investment now that we've got in the youth academy and the facilities and things like that will make a difference. But something is not quite working. What, what are your feelings, Martin Beatty? Because you see the youngsters probably more frequently than I do. Yeah, I've, I've not seen too much of the, uh, the recent crop, mainly through, mainly through COVID. But uh, yeah. the, there are guys that I've seen there that, you know, from, from 16, 17, 18, that um, are stand out at that age group, absolutely stand out. And I could, I could mention names that won't. Um, but um, the, the they get to eighteen nineteen and get get in some instances just get released and and it's yeah. it's very diff- it's very difficult to to gauge how well somebody will do when you when you're looking at that age group. There's been some fantastic players at, at the club, um, none of whom have gone on to um, to, to do particularly well. Um, yeah. lot, lots of these guys are playing on league football now. Um, and and you know presumably are, are enjoying the football doing that, but that's not what we want or need. We we need guys to come through um, that, are, that are going to be knocking on the first team door. Can't Ozzy Kikai is the is the only one I can think of that's actually come through our own youth team um, that's that, that's a regular and you know and I know he's a squad player, but has has become a regular in, in the team in in recent years. Um, I will caveat that, however, because I've seen I've seen our current crop of under 18s once this season, and um, some of those guys look look like they may well be um, a class of, a class above previous years. So uh, let's see how they go. Yeah, they, 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 they've got some they've got some really promising lads. But again, with that caveat, um, being good at 17, being good at 18, is yeah. it doesn't necessarily equate that you're going to be. Um, you, you're going to follow that through and, and become a regular first team squad player. It's, it's just luck, though, isn't it? I mean, there's sometimes you look at players like you. I think Chris Methon was at um, QPR, wasn't he? And before he went to on his journey to Brentford, then on to was, Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a, a guy missed. You know, it's um, he, he was. I, I can't recall who the coach was at QPR at the time, but basically said said to him and his father that he offered nothing. 
Um, and yeah. off he went and, and made his made his name at Brentford. Fair play to him. But we played the World Cup. And he's a QPR fan as well. Yeah. And then there was, what I didn't realise was at QPR, and I could have this completely wrong, was Harvey Elliott, who's now obviously Liverpool. Harvey uh, Elliott he, was, yeah, Harvey Elliott was in our, in our under 10s or under 11s, was with us for about um, 18 months, two years. Um, and and, and this is where the system doesn't help us. I can't remember what it's called, but it's um, it, it basically enables Class A, Class 1 academies to come and take whoever they like with ah. little or no recompense. And um, Harvey Elliott was taken from QPR, uh, taken to Fulham, and was offered private education um, and, and all the bells and whistles that go with it. What are you going to do? You know, that, no, what are you going to do? But yeah, he was, a, he was a QPR lad. Yeah. So, I know. Which, is, which is really annoying because you can't... How do we get out of that now? Even with the new training ground, Martin Percival, we're still not going to be... We're still going to be... Are we still going to be category... Actually, sorry, Martin, BT. We're going to be category two still, aren't we? I believe so, yeah. I believe so. Okay, so there could yeah. be a few more years before we make that yeah. step up to, yeah, it, to level it, it out. I, I, the, the system is weighted in favour of the big clubs. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. Um, are we ever going to are we ever going to be- benefit from a system that um, that is geared that way? It's very, very doubtful. It's very doubtful. Uh, but this is think- part of you know this is the battle that we're we're up against. Yeah. What do you what do you think would help change it, Martin Percival? God, I can't believe it. Gonna... I, 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 I think, I think, Paul. I think we 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 just need to put a plan together, decide to try to replicate as much as we can in the modern day the formula that worked traditionally extremely well for Rangers in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. And if you go back to the Derek Healy era under Alex Stock in the early sixties. You had a youth team there that initially produced the Mike Keynes, and then it was the Morgan Twins and Mickey Leach and Tony Hazel. You know, I think it was seven members of the 1967 League Cup team started in the youth team, which looking back was remarkable. But then obviously by the 82 Cup final team, we had Ian Dawes, we had Warren Neal, we had Gary Waddock, we had a lot of other youngsters that come through. Peter Hucker, obviously, they were also youth team graduates. And that combination of good youngsters topped up with experienced professionals is a model that has worked traditionally for Queen's Park Rangers very, very well for a long time. But really, since the likes of Gallon came through, which is scarily nearly 30 years ago now, it's just not been replicated. And I think we need to spend time looking at what in the modern era do we need to try to do to be able to attract and retain those youngsters and take them through. At the end of the day, Paul, though, there is no formula. You know, we all know that Tony Curry started off at Rangers as a youngster and was released. And eventually mm. we, we paid big money to sign him back. You know, and there's been a few others like that. That It, it is not a, a science as such. You do need a certain amount of luck, but you also do need a plan. And I, I question whether we've really got the plan in place at present. But to Martin's point, I mean, it's very difficult when you're competing with the likes of Chelsea. You know, they are signing up everything right, left and centre within a 30, 40 mile radius. Yeah, I know. And even Spurs and, as I say, Arsenal. Kind of, I mean, I wonder if it goes to go back to the old system a little bit as well, of where, you know, local players should be involved in local clubs and then if they move, you get, like, some money for them. Because we're, we're going to get shafted, aren't we? I mean, if you can imagine now, if we had the likes of Goddard, Macca and Alan... Yeah. 
They'd be gone before they hit. The, yeah, they, they'd, they'd be gone by the 14, 15, they'd be out the door. They're, they're, case they're, in point, we, we've just played Spurs in the FA Youth Cup and beaten them at Stevenage. Um, yeah, good result. Quite, quite comfortably, um, even though the game went to extra time. Their standout player was the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper exactly. was was taken from QPR at the age. I don't know, I can't recall what his age was, 13 or 14. I think it was um, 14. Yeah, so this is what we're you know, this is what we're up against. You yeah. won't get a better example than that. No, you won't get a look, better look, example. Look, 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 look at Raheem Sterling. You know, at the age of 15, he was off to Liverpool and allegedly, you know, the family were bought a house for a 15-year-old. You know, yeah, I mean, a nice house as well. I know, I know exactly where the house yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. fortunately, we had some sell-on clauses. So eventually, when he went to Man City, we made some money out of it. But yeah. that's what we're competing with. It's yeah, very difficult. Did, the trip I had that morning is there was no sell-on clauses, but Steve Gallen insisted on putting some in there, it, or he could have gone for literally nothing. And I think the days are getting even. Even these days, you struggle to get a sell-on clause in a deal now because I think the big boys in the league will just come in, take your players, bugger yeah. off, and there's nothing yeah, you can do right. about it. And that's, that's it. And, 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 that's and that and that that deal that move to Sterling was before these new youth regulations yeah. came. Yeah, um, so, that's but, ridiculous. You know, yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, I don't like. Mentioned in Brentford very much in this podcast, but whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. We know that. But they abandoned their youth team, which I don't agree with, by the way. But they, they abandoned it and now they take players that fall out of other youth teams and developing them. And now, of course, they're in their big money. They can do whatever they want. But before that, that's what they were doing. And it's a shame because I love seeing players develop in the youth team. I love seeing them go through the whole system. I think it's, and it gives them a taste of the club, a, a love for the club that never leaves them. You know, Absolutely. and I think. And that's the sad thing about it. Maybe that's because we're all of a different generation, but I think it means a lot more to people when they, to, like us, when you see someone going, okay, like the wee fella Teddy who's in the, the youth team now, you think, well, if he make first team, and I think he's a QPR fan as well, you think to yourself, that's brilliant. You know, yeah. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. But yeah. when I, they can I, say no to... And we had, we had situations, Paul, like you go back to the late 70s, early 80s, and you know this, obviously, because of your roots, you know, we had, I think it was, it was Bill, I, Fortune, I think it was, or something like that in uh, Northern Ireland. We signed up the cream of the crop. We got some great youngsters. We had Macca. We had, uh, you know, we had Stephen Lee. We signed a lot of youngsters from Northern Ireland. Obviously, not all of them make it. That's that's life. But, you know, Ian Stewart scoring the winning goal for Northern Ireland against West Germany. My dad was over the moon. You know, he had no connection. Mm to Northern Ireland, but he was so proud that a Queen's Park Rangers youth team product scored the winning goal against West Germany. It meant so much to I him. I was pretty it really about it as well, I tell you. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Unfortunately, I mean, but the thing is, it's a different era, Paul. That's the problem. It, it is a different era. And, and the other thing is, we've been talking there about the uh, the Venable side, cup final team and promotion team and fifth in yeah. the the top flight team, most of those lads that graduated from the youth team and, and populated that side, your Peter Hooker, your Warren Mills, your Ian Dawes, your Gary Waddocks, and, and, and various others, I'm sure I've probably forgotten. Mickle away, um, they, did we, they did we were buy all... Was he you? Mickle no, White was a he signing from Man United. He, he was a he Tommy Doggery yeah. signing. But, yeah. but, but, most, but most of those guys were making their debuts when they were 18, 19 years old. So by the time they got to, we, we, we talk about um, guys that are playing for the, the under-21s now and say, you know, he's, tw he's 21, he's 22, he's still developing. 
most of those guys have got 150 games on the belt. Exactly. Exactly. How old was Ward Neal when he made his debut? He was he was young. He was like I think he was about I think he was about 19. I think yeah, 19, yeah. 19, I guess. Those yeah. he was about the same age, wasn't he? So yeah. and the, the thing is, well, they they all come through and develop at the same level. So you and you had like people as they were leaving it, you'd have ones like Macca. Who were also, you know, so you had that kind of consent. They're all consistently playing with each other through the system you, you, as well. Yeah, you, you had a conveyor belt ball of youngsters that came through together. They knew how each other played. They were blooded in the team around the same time, um, you know, and and around that same era, you had the Wayne Faradays and people like that, yeah, and it just worked. But to Martin Beatty's point, you know, we've got players who are we regard now as young. But 40 years ago, they'd have had 150 league appearances under their yeah. belt by now. Yeah. And I That's think a succession of managers, they don't want to blood managers. Neil Warnock was a great manager, but he didn't blood anything in the from the youth team. And at that time, we actually had some pretty decent young players, in my opinion. Yeah, the trouble with the deal is he'd always bring his old school in. And, and, yes. and, and, and he was proven right because he got promoted and was... Adele tried one of the best seasons I've seen any QPR player, but I hear what you're saying. It's a shame that the legacy didn't lead to other people coming through. I guess the other way of looking at it, and we'll end on this one, is we need the Goddards, we need the Allens, because these days, if you bring them sort of players through, you're talking millions upon millions oh, absolutely. in return. And that's fair, because you've put the hard yeah. graft in. Whereas, as we all know now, you can put the hard graft in for seven years, someone comes along at 14, 15, when they start looking decent, you get nothing. So the odds yeah. of that is how we go around that and improve the academy so that doesn't happen is a, is a problem I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I just hope Les and Chris Ramsey are the best of luck with that one because Martin had it correct. Martin Beatty is stack, stacked against clubs like us and it's not yeah. fair. And that's yeah. the bottom line. Now, talking about things that aren't fair, <laughs> it's that weekend, isn't it? I mean, do you know FA Cup you third round? What what could possibly go wrong? I used to get rid of Bit Round Rod. Do you remember when you used to listen to it? And, uh, I think it was Radio 2 sometimes. I'm sure yeah. it was on Radio 2. I could be wrong, but memory. It was. And they bring the draw out. You're sitting there by the radio and you're going, another wireless, as we call it then. You're going, no, oh, that's great. We got this one. You got that one. You think, that's all right. Now you're going, oh, I wonder who they'll get in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it's a new ground. It's a, it's a, a new manager, Scott Brown, are coming up against. Um, have we got any hope that we'll play a strong team and we'll take it seriously? Because I, before I go on to you guys, I'm going to make this point. The club can't keep talking about poverty and having done money and every year getting chucked out the comp the competitions of cups early. If you want to make money at our level, yeah. we have to stay in the FA Cup. We have to hope yeah. we get a big draw at home. Because otherwise, it makes no sense talking about small budgets and everything else when you just throw yourself out of the cup every year. Martin Percival and then Martin B. Tell me your FA Cup hopes that don't involve <laughs> depression. I, 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 for some strange reason, Paul, I am reasonably confident about the FA Cup this season. Maybe it's because I had a couple of glasses of wine earlier on this evening. That'll be it. I, 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 I actually think for the first time in a long time, uh, with a bit of luck, we will have a decent cup run. Um, I've, I've got... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Martin's the, just poured himself another drink quickly. Yeah. <laughs> He's drowning his sorrows already. So, no, you know, I, I, you know we, we really should have a good crack at the FA Cup this year for all the reasons that you've just said. You know, for Queen's Park Rangers, realistically, it is winnable. 
you know, the big clubs don't really take much attention to it until about the quarterfinals or so. You know, we, we could have a really, really good go at the FA Cup. And let's be honest, as a supporter base, it would put so much energy into everybody to have a decent FA Cup run. So I really hope we take it seriously. Give it a go. Stick out a strong team on Saturday. Fleetwood are beatable. Yes, obviously, they'll be confident. They'll be wanting to give it a go. I think it could be a bit of a classic FA Cup tie, actually. I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've ever been at Fleetwood. Um, and, uh, yeah, but for some bizarre reason, I am reasonably confident. Whereas if you look at our cup record over the last 20 plus years, there's very, very little reason to be confident about anything. But bizarrely, <laughs> I, I have some degree of confidence. What are your thoughts, Martin Beatty? By the way, Martin, before you come in, nobody, yeah. nobody is allowed to mention a car manufacturer. Carry on, Martin. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, but that, that <laughs> wasn't the third round, Paul. So we're only going to stick to the And that was the round. first round. And I think the previous year we lost to bloody Swansea 4-0. We did wrong. on a Sunday. We did, yeah. We did. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I, I told that. you not to mention it, <laughs> Martin. I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic. Um, if we... Listen, we've just talked yeah, about the performance and we've just talked about the Sheffield United performance. Um, if we play... The Chef United QPR turn up, then we'll we'll see Fleetwood off no problem at all. If, however, the Luton Town QPR yeah. turn up, uh, they'll do us. They'll they'll turn us over. They 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 will. It's a big game for these guys. Um, talk about us needing the money. Fleetwood have got an owner, um, a bit of a benefactor that's taken them to the to the level that they're at. Um, but they've reached a bit of a ceiling now. Uh, they the, the the money that the mm. cup run will afford them. Um, will make a bigger difference to them than it will to us. So they'll be up for this without a shadow of a doubt. And if we take it lightly, uh, we'll get turned over. Um, I I hope that we'll put a strong side out. And if we play to the best of our ability, we'll beat them. Yeah. No, I think we should go up there for the good of Cord and Shepard's Bush and give it a right girl. <laughs> See what I did there? I haven't worked Very good. That just came into my head now because they call themselves a cod army, I believe. Cod people army. think people think I rehearsed that, but literally that was one of the shittiest things I've ever said. And just came into my head. I probably should have edited. Never mind. I don't know. I just want us to play a full team. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. sick of losing the cup matches. I'm sick of of just looking at it and thinking, oh, what could have been? Everyone else gets a decent draw. Blah blah blah. I know that there's big clubs take it seriously now a bit more. As Martin says, Martin Percival says, in the quarterfinals, and that's grand. In, in between towns, you can knock a couple out. Do you know what I mean? And you can yeah. go for it. And we've got to get some money into it. We're going to get some hope. I mean, let's face it. We're going to struggle to make the playoffs. Whether we, Whatever happens in January, the transfer market and everything else, the club's been a wee bit tossed around a bit. Um, I know people say, well, Luton are up there, Mill are up there, and that's fine. But, you know, I think Bill coming in and doing what he did has really, really affected a lot of people, including the people who run the club. And yeah. they I would be amazed massive. if we were to make the playoffs. I really would be. Yeah. So the, the FA Cup's the only thing that can give us a wee bit of, of hope. And you can... I mean, remember that game against Watford, all right, we lost it, but that run was decent. At least you had yeah. it, you, you something, do you know what I mean? And yeah. losing the Sunderland. And then they both both went on to Man City and Arsenal. Now, not being, if we'd have played them both in the same season, you could talk about FFP all day long. You've got it back. And that's the whole thing, you know. We, we can do these things. If we put a, a, a weaker team to give people experience at Fleetwood. I can't see the logic of that myself. The, the, because... last, the last thing I want to hear after a 1-0 defeat at Fleetwood on Saturday is the club saying, we put a team out strong enough to win the fixture. 
Yeah, and you know they have. Yeah, yeah. And, and we know that we're watching players that are the second choice squaddies that are um, again, you know, the the giving the giving them a run out. Don't want that. Don't want That'd that. At be all. awful. Yeah. Also, to be honest with you, I mean, I keep mentioning our age, but we are of a certain age. The FA Cup means something different to us. I mean, you know, the first time I seen QPR live was in the FA Cup final. You know what I mean? So th- yeah. there's all these kind of memories that we have from, uh, and, and also the, the hope it gives you. And it's like we don't take the League Cup seriously. I think it's the only frigging thing we've won. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's it, it should be taken. And also it's money, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I just look forward to playing a full team, getting someone else in the forefront and just trying to make a go of it. And then at least if you lose with a full team, yeah, you know, you, you, you can hold your head a wee bit high. I would actually even go even further, Paul. I think it's actually insulting to the fans the way, and it's not just Queen's Park Rangers. A lot of clubs approach cup competitions like this. They don't put out the full strength squad. They don't take it seriously, you know, but they still expect fans to buy tickets, go to the matches, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if the clubs don't take it seriously, why should the fans take it seriously? It's insulting, Martin Beatty, isn't it? To be fair, to put a weekend team and expect people to travel yeah. three and yeah. a half hours with no trains. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we'll all be on that. I mean, I'll be on the motorway from eight o'clock in the morning, which you know it's fine. I'd rather be in a train, but you know, I'm not going to go into that for obvious reasons because then you know we could choose of picking sides. I'm not picking sides. I'm not getting involved in that. But I do think that you know it's it's going to be a long trip, and if we come out there and you've got like a third choice goalkeeper and a third choice. Midfielder, this, that, and I cut the first team, but you're going to be like, oh, guys, come on, behave. Yeah, yeah. Am I being totally, unreasonable? Totally agree, Paul. Hmm. So we could win then. I mean, what is. Does anyone remember the game at Yeovil many years ago when everyone was oh, expecting us to lose? I do, and we won 3 0. Uh, and they, they invented the pitch, and I think it was Mark Dennis, Macker, and Fenix did under fight with the Yeovil fans. Yeah, that's, yeah. It wasn't a bloodbath, it was a mud bath. It day. was a mud bath. And Ma- Macca's quote before. Macca's quote after the game was, "You needed hooves out there today." That's right. And it was weird because my memory could play it up, but I, it was mental. It was like the animal in one of the pubs we were at. Did you get the free hedgehog crisps given away before the game, Paul? No, because I think Somebody... I was too, I was too busy hiding underneath a table because I'm a bit of a card. <laughs> some some <laughs> local manufacturer created a new brand of crisps called Hedgehog Crisps. And I do remember them. Box, box loads away before the game, and all the Rangers fans were filling their pockets full of crisp packets. I reckon I was still eating them for the next month. Ah. It was strange because the TV cameras are there. They were expecting us to get turned over because obviously, right. you know, right. our, our cup record went before us. But and that, what I do remember, and I'm sure it was Mark Dennis's plan, I could be wrong, was them lot having a bit of a turret with the Yuval fans who came on the pitch who were really pissed off. Yeah. And um, when, football, when football was mad, as you would say. But I mean, you know, cup memories. I mean, you two must have some brilliant ones, to be fair. Like, on the road to Wembley. I mean, that must have been an amazing season. It was. It was. I mean, going going back, Martin and I, amazingly, Paul, we did a bit of prep for this, and I know you're impressed by that. Not really. <laughs> but it, if you go back 50 years... You I mean, we, me beat, up. we beat Barnet 3-0 at Barnet, so that, that'll be 50 years in about a week's time. And that was after a 0-0 draw at Loftus Road. And... Uh, People tell me who went there, people like, you know, Peter Kingham, etc. It was the worst crowd, crowd trouble they've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, Joe Hilton said that to me. Yeah, all the nutters from London turned up at Barnet in January 73. And apparently it was like gunfight at the OK Corral. But we we won 3-0. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And Terry Mancini scored. Um, and we went on to have a decent run, eventually went out to Derby. But uh, yeah, uh, I can remember Mickey Leach's last match for Rangers, which was home to Wealdstone, 1978. We won the, uh, we wore the 1967 League Cup kit, white shirts, white shorts. Um, beat them 4-0 and um, you know that was that was a good run even Ernie Howe scored that day which was fun but there's been some great ones you know Mark, Martin you you had some that you remembered I think didn't you when we were talking I think Carlisle away was a particular highlight wasn't yeah, it yeah I mean I'll, I'll come to Carlisle away at the moment but um, just, just picking up on Paul's point there 82 that, that yeah. run um, the, the most um, memorable game that I've ever been to QPR, the, the best feeling at, at 90 minutes was the semi-final victory at Highbury against West yeah. Brom. That, that was absolutely unbelievable that day. Um, so, uh, yeah, happy memories on that one. But yeah. the, there are one or two that aren't quite so happy. Um, and <laughs> and there, are, there are two from the 80s that spring to my mind. One was, um, one was Doncaster away, where we... We, we went into the game, we just got rid of Alan Mullery as the manager. Um, Frank Sibley had been in charge for, for about four or five weeks. I think from memory, we, we just won two matches. We'd beaten West Ham away and um, we'd beaten West Ham away and we'd beaten somebody else away from home as well. So oh, two possibly. Yeah, two good away yeah. victories. Um, and we're playing Billy Bremler's third, if not fourth division, Doncaster Overs. Um, what could possibly go wrong? And it was uh, and they were struggling as well, weren't they? It was an absolute disaster from start to finish, and uh, we we got rolled one nil with a very strong side. Um, There were, you know, the the accusation these days is that some of our players are, are, you know, they've not got any backbone. They're all a bit soft, and um, you know that's a that, that that is an accusation that some of the older fans, myself included, will level on occasions. Look at the starting eleven that day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John, Johnny the, Byrne, Gary Bannister, it was a strong team. It was a very strong team, but defensively, you know, and, and in the midfield, there was there was some proper spine in there as well. And um, yeah. we got we got beat. And Martin reminded me of uh, was it at half time or was it before before the game half kicked time, off? The, the parachutist. I'd forgotten all about this. You actually you, you say <laughs> this one, man. <laughs> so you'll you'll like you'll like this one, Paul. So um, I know about this. I know about this. At half time they decided for a bit of entertainment that somebody was going to dive out of a light aircraft as it flew over the old Doncaster Rovers ground at Bellevue and then guide themselves onto the centre of the pitch. What they didn't take into account was it was actually quite a high wind that day. And this poor guy threw himself out of the plane, released his parachute cord, and then realised within just seconds that he was heading straight for one of the floodlight pylons. And it was next door to where the Rangers fans were on the terrace. So, of course, everybody's thinking that they're going to see this guy go into the floodlight pylon and it's going to be strawberry jam time. But he just about managed to gain control and he ended up landing near the corner flag. He was supposed to go into the, uh, the middle of the pitch, but he ended up on the corner flag. But it could have ended up very, very unpleasantly. And to be fair, if, if memory's... Directly, there's quite a few people who are like, oh, this is going to be good. And we're quite <laughs> enjoying the drift. Not that exactly. it was some harm, but it was actually quite... Exactly. It was probably the, probably the highlight. Of, it was funny as well in some ways, because one of them games you think, I wonder if Stonecast are a bit like the manager. And lo and behold, in the first 30 seconds, they were like the manager. Yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah. yeah. They, 
they did kick us around a bit. I mean, listen, you know, you got and them, but them sort of games. You see, you you've got your first team out. You kind of take out the chin a wee bit. You know, we've all been there when these things happen to us. You know, losing the berry or whatever we do over this, that, and the other, or you know. But in recent years, there's been there has definitely been an emphasis on, especially in the Premier League, we've got to protect our league position. Yeah. Which is ridiculous when you're losing about 10 matches in the frigging spin. And you think, well, maybe a cup run would help you with that. And I just think this year, as we keep saying, we can build new memories because I think the younger fans need memories. I mean, we're talking about these things. These are like nearly 40 years old. Exactly. You know I mean? Staffed. We've got to give these guys new memories. They've got the Zamora, yeah. they've got the Warnock years. We've yeah. got to give them something else. And anyway, we can do it's that. It's nearly 10 years now since the playoff final. I know. You know you, you, as you say, Paul, you need to give fans a big day out, something to remember every few years. Otherwise, you start to lose people, I'm afraid. And sadly, do you know what? It pains me to say this. I warned about this years ago with comp- you know, being complacent. Complete. You know, since COVID, I, can't, I couldn't speak beforehand what we're talking about. And you, you get all these things of, of the build-up of what happened with Brentford, what's happened with Fulham, what's happened with... Luckily, this gun was shade. Um, and we lose fans. And there's no... I don't care what anyone says. You know, I watched... You know, Brentford in recent weeks, and we've all seen what they've done, and 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 you know, them bastards are heading for the Champions League. Meanwhile, we're still kind of bobbing along, plodding along, which is fine. People of our age are not going to change sides, but if you're a school kid in Chiswick, are you going to go watch? Yeah, and we're going to be wary of that. We've got to get hold of these yeah. kids. And at least if Brentford and Fulham and Scum are doing well and Arsenal and Spurs, these kids are going. Yeah, do you know what? We beat so and so in the FA Cup. What a great day that was! You know, the, the club. I mean, you got like. I saw a video the other day, I think it was today, Elias Cho giving his tracksuit top to a kid in the tunnel. You know, we are different. We are community-driven. But sadly, I see too many kids, and I'm not blaming just kids, on their phones during games because it's not grabbing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to be harsh in the club because I honestly don't mean this to be a whinge, but somehow we've got to be proud more of our history. We've got to, we've got to average, I've said it for years, if you came to Shepherd's Bush, you wouldn't even know we exist. No, no. You know, you, you, you that, need that, to win. That, you need to win people's hearts and minds. That's what you yeah. need to do. Inspire yeah. people. But we, we, we've just been talking about lots of games in the eighties. Uxbridge Road in the eighties was pretty much the same. You, it, it's, mm. it's not. It's not massively different now. Um, you wouldn't necessarily. You never saw any any evidence that QPR. Who, I think. I think I'm right in saying in the eighties finished in the top five and the top flight twice. Two yeah. cup finals, um, and there was little or no evidence even back then. Europe, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's what it's you not did see. No, but what you did see is in is in Parks. You see the old QPR kit, the shot Wendy, and that was probably yeah, about did, it. Actually, yeah, I was forgetting about Parks, but yeah, you, yeah. you're right. But, but it, it I mean, was, that was it. Yeah. You know, and we were we were a top London club then. You know, we we, we were. I, I don't know. As, as you all do, you get you think how hard would it be to put some pictures and lampposts how hard would it be to maybe take over some of them shops and batman clothes and and and, and do more you know you look at the the spring bog as it used to be they've got an upstairs thing turn it into a rangers park um let the scandal even stay there the club owner and the club could take over that wee section for food and everything else and make it a wee bit of a qpr hub you know mm. i've often wondered that i know it's gonna be expensive but let's be honest we're not moving grounds for 20 years probably um if ever I'm yeah, not sure if it's yeah. going to be in our lifetimes, frankly. No. We'll be we'll be pushed up the daisies. Yeah. Um, and you say, well, we've got to do the best. Instead of just sitting there going, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's structurally this, structurally that. But what you can do is you can reach out a wee bit more because the community stuff is brilliant. But at the same time, we've got to 
grabbed people, haven't we, guys? We're not grabbing enough people. I mean, Batman clothes, everything. And then the, the shops aren't there. The chip shop has gone down. The pub's a bit of a, you know, there's, there's, surely there's things we can do there. Or am I just I'm not being sure if the pub was even open on Monday night. I was really surprised. I don't think it was even open. No, yeah, really? I didn't go. I didn't go around South Road actually on Monday. So yeah, I, 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 I walked past. So admittedly, it was relatively early in the evening, but it it looked to me like it was closed up and the lights out, which is fairly right. shocking. It's, well, it's pretty ad hoc, isn't it, when it's open? But they, you know, it's just saying we have to do something. I mean, I know the club will say, "Well, you got to do this and you got to do that." And you, but I remember when Fulham went up, they put bloody posters all over um, Woodley and Brentford yeah. have had posters up. The Scum have had posters up and white, you know just down the road in, in Westfield and stuff. And I just think we should promote the club more in the area. Because if, if I came into, if I was, I don't know, say Norway, I come in from Norway, it's my first QPR game, I wouldn't even know where the ground was. No, no, agreed. Yeah. The, I, you know. I think I think one thing the club can do, they, they talk about unique selling points and all that, all that marketing uh, stuff, but uh, what, what we could do, what's been a massive success this season is the standing areas. Yes. And if, if we yeah, could agreed. if we could happily transform more of the ground into safe standing, then the paddocks and, and behind both goals, that would that would be something else uh, from, from an atmosphere viewpoint. And people yeah. would come back. People would come back. Philip Beard said repeatedly, uh, not Philip Beard, um, Lee Hughes has said repeatedly um, that the People that arrive at the club and and have one visit because of facilities are so poor or not to the stand, not to the not to their expectations, um, is you know percentage wise it's it's absolutely massive. Yeah. You know, with safe standing, that 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 could that could be so so different. I agree, and I think the thing about the the guy to be further flagged, I believe the atmosphere is correct. But we need they need something off the pitch on the pitch as well. But I think that's a, that's the, oh and and the food. Let's be honest, oh god, this is sound like a frigging fans form. As someone mentions hot water, I'm <laughs> shut this podcast <laughs> off. But you know the food rubbish. I mean, I can't even have it. You are. L- l- listen, you're going to mention the loudspeaker system next, aren't you? No, Paul. Paul, listen. If if you're going to a football match and you're dependent on the food that's being provided, then you are naive at the extreme. That's all I'll say. I've got even, people yeah. that complain about food at football. <laughs> forget it. I've got no, no time for them whatsoever. I agree. But then my point, ah, here's my comeback. It's pretty shit. That's all I've got. <laughs> is that there used to be in the old days with the members bar and stuff like that. There's a reason to hang around the ground and spend your money. These yeah. days, you're literally going in, you're watching a game of football and you're going straight out the door. No, that's, that's, that's fair That's fair you, yeah. you may or may not buy a programme. That's optional, but there's no reason to hang around anymore. And that's, you know, they talk about the blue and white club and stuff like. But let's be honest. I mean, you know, you get. I, I just found out they got pie and mash in there. I mean, I can't eat it, but it sounds good. You know, in the um the, the loft and stuff, we got nothing after those. We got like a, a kiosk which has got kids that not their fault. They wouldn't, you know, they don't know what they're doing and the queues. I don't know. No, it's just that they serve you rubbish, and it's you know, it's just it's just annoying if the club are wanting to money there's so many things we could do to improve things there has to be it's, it's not just a simple thing of like there's nothing we can do to remove ground you can always do something there's always something you can do you just got to think outside the box but I agree Martin we've got to make people want to come back safe standards a way forward um, I've often mentioned we should have a QA and a with all the players in the blue and white before games and have a special evening like 67 or um, 82 um, when we won the first division blah 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 the 2010 Samora Day, um, 
and then also go back to stories that we, we, we know, like, you know, Reg Allen during the war and stuff like that, have history evenings. There's so many things you can do, but the fans have also got to buy into it. There's no point us sitting down as we are saying, club could do this, club could do that, club try it, no one turns up. We all yeah. look like mugs. You know, there's got to be forward thinking. So hopefully the club listens to the guys on the terraces, and that's worked. Let's be yeah. honest. You know, and, we, and we also have and to think about the younger generation. I think, you know... Yeah, we also have to think about the younger generation as well, Paul. You know, what, what do people in their 20s and 30s want? Realistically, it's going to be different from what we want in our 50s. You know, but there's ways to do this. It just needs a bit of imagination and determination to break the mould and do something a little bit different. But I totally agree with both of you. Safe standing is, for me, the best thing that's happened this season. It's great to see it. It's great to see a bit of atmosphere coming back in. It is so nice to be able to stand again on the lower loft for the first time since April 1994. It really makes such a big difference. Sadly, I haven't done it yet, but I will do it before the end of the season. I just haven't got my arse in the gear to sort it out because I'm lazy like that. But also, if a parachute just comes in, we can always we can catch them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's you know, true. You know, so there's, there's ways and means. Now, going back to the FA Cup, I mean, realistically, support-wise, it's going to be a little bit I don't know what to expect, you know. I, I really don't know because of the training strike and everything else. I mean, I don't think we've sold our allocation, have we? No. I, I think that there's, that there's about, I read something uh, that there's about 200, 300 tickets left. Um, so I'm, I think we were given, we were given about 1,000 in total. I'm I think we were sure. given, I think we were given about 1,100, Martin. I think right. it was about, uh, I think it was about 350 seats and about something like 750 terrace places. Yeah, the, the seats are all gone, I believe. Um, right. But there's, there's still some terrace spaces, so... Um, yeah. And I thought it would sell out very quickly, being a new ground, but what do I know? I think well, the we, point that the, 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 the train issues really the, have the, put, put, the, put, put it, you know, on, on, on giving it the kibosh for a lot of people, I'm afraid. That, that, that's it, because, I mean, a, a trip there from London, the coach is leaving Loftus Road at seven in the morning, I think. Uh, someone was telling me that's a, that's a long old day. That is a it's long a day. long day. I mean, I, I'm actually probably going to meet me meet in Stoke, stay with him, and come back the next day just to break that's it up. And I can have a couple of beers, and also, you know, it's, it, it breaks a day out. You know, it's I, I just I still I'm I, I'm I'm still like a kid. I want to get back to that kind of my ten year old self by the radio to listen to the draw game because. Sadly, they do all these things, don't they? Do it during games, they do it during commercial breaks, they do it during this one. It's, it's rubbish, you know. There's nothing like the radio. Oh, god, I am showing my age, never mind. But, um, at least you yeah. didn't play wireless, Paul. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pack of crest and the radio, too. Oh, well, never mind. But I just wonder how we can improve, you know, the performance if we, you know, of the FA Cup and everything else. And I guess all you can do is win your games, get people on the ground, and just take it from there. That's all you hey, can I do is as simple as that. It. Take it seriously, Paul. It, that's mm. what's needed. Just take the competition seriously. And if as a club you do that, you, your supporters will go with you and they'll back you. People are tired of seeing not just Queen's Park Rangers, but so many other football clubs not taking cup competition seriously. Uh, right. Before we move on to um, any other business, basically, which is our RSNs, as we call it, and these things, because we obviously it's QPR related. <laughs> Steve McLaren never understood the hours, but I did have to explain. Anyway, um, after he gave us a he gave, seriously, he gave us this whole lecture about loyalty and how much the club means to players, and he couldn't understand why everyone was called kick up the hours, open all hours, 
Because what's this for the R's? It was like, oh, lordy. I know I've told that story a lot of time, but it still makes me giggle. Anyway, see, he's back at Man United. Is he? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Favourite FA Cup goal? Oh, I think Clive Allen's goal against Crystal Palace. So not the knee effort in the semi-final at Highbury, but the one that he stuck in in front of the Palace fans in March 82, which practically sparked off a riot. Well, not practically, <laughs> it sparked off a riot. Uh, I heard about a, this. That's a particular favourite of mine, Paul. Yeah. Martin? Yeah. The, 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 well, the obvious one for me is Clive Allen's knee. That's the, uh, that, that is the obvious one, but the context of the game. One I always remember, um, and it was a replay up at Huddersfield, and uh, Maka scored with a. Yeah. It was. It was. I, I can't recall if it was an extra time, but it was a very, very late goal. It was extra um, and that yeah. was that was a top, top, uh, top, top goal. Yeah. And a, and a great night out. It was. Uh, so that 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 is one that comes to mind. Travis Sinclair as well. That's that that that's, yeah. that, that goes without saying. But it was probably one of the last goals Maka scored for us. I would imagine, but it was a cracker. It w- yes, it would have been actually. I yeah. think it probably was. Yeah. I think it was about 97, I think, something like that. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. I think it would have been, because that was, yeah. But, see, for me, I've got two. Bizarrely, David Bizanti always sticks in my head. Oh, against oh West Ham. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, cracker. And not just that, but the fact that, you know, you've got all these West Ham fans all over the pitch, and you're like, whoa, that was good. Oh, <laughs> Bizarre day. Never got yes. to... No one ever ever explained what happened that day. There was rumours no. it was forward stickers or just or Sherman being a wee bit ambitious of what he could fit in the ground. Who knows? But anyway, and then he went on to do nothing after that. But what a great yeah, goal! I, I, um, I think I think there were a few turnstile operators at the school and that uh, went home with a few bob in the pocket that I've day. I've heard the same, Martin. Yeah, because <laughs> there were room, there were rumours of forged tickets, but nobody ever found it. No, I I, I never brought that to be fair. Yeah. I think it was just. I either blamed the, the um we printed too many or someone got happy in the turnstile. Yeah. But hey ho, and of course St. Clair's goal as well. I mean you're not gonna forget that. I mean the other one that sort of sticks in the mind is, is Mark Haley scoring because I hated him so much so I still mm. couldn't clap. I mean we clapped when then he did his ear thing, it's like you've got some oh, front yeah. ear cupping yeah. yeah, I mean that was that was like really you're gonna give us a ear after yeah. behave yourself. Although in his defence we did sign him on crutches which I'll never get the you know he came on the pitch against was it Liverpool and crutches it was like Mark Hitley it's like oh my dear lord yeah. anyway it's now come to the R's end and the half hour podcast that we thought we'd get has gone out the window as usual <laughs> so we're now over an hour deep into it which is good I like it because it's been good chat good conversation even though Martin your mic's been a bit iffy your mind's been a bit iffy um, we've got through it I'm going to start with Martin Beatty what is your R's end? What would you like to say that you haven't said the podcast or a message well, you'd like to give QPR we, fans? Yeah, we, we we spoke about this before, and I, I I forgive me if I get if I get it the wrong way around here, Mike. But my, my R's end is um, there's a there's a book that's out at the moment um, written by a guy called Francis Peacock, um, and my involvement, my affinity, my love for QPR started with the team of the 1970s, the team that got promoted. Um, under Gordon Jago and nearly won the league under Dave Sexton. And uh, the the research that Francis has done for this and the, the content of the book, the way it's written, um, I can't speak highly enough about it. I think it's an absolutely wonderful piece of work. Um, so if anyone hasn't bought it um, or, has, or hasn't read it and they're interested in that period of our history, 
Um, it's it's well worth the read. It's an absolutely fantastic piece of work, in my opinion. One of the best yeah. I've read. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's, really, it's, re- yeah, it's really good, Paul. And and the photos in it are superb. There's about 60 photos in it, many of which I've never seen before. And to be honest, most of the images of Stan and Jerry and Dave Thomas and Don Gibbons you've seen time and time again. But there's new photos in here which are first class, great quality pictures. Um, and, you know, to build on Martin Beatty's point, it, it's an excellent book and it's only £10. It's, it's tremendous value for money. It's only 10 quid. It's tenner. Yeah. It's, ter- it's terrific value, Paul. That's almost as good as value as Mill Hockridge's big um, books. There are, we say, get Mill's book and get them. You'll have to be careful, Paul. He'll come and get you, Paul. <laughs> he's, he's hunting you down now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, he, I don't think I'm that hard to find. The, he's leaving Blackhawk as we speak. I hear you. Right, Martin, I'm going to go to you, but as I'm going to you, I've just got to answer the door and I'll be back in one second. But you carry on and I'll come back to you. <laughs> so thank you, Paul. My uh, end of the show is it, actually it's mentioned the 372nd issue of Kick Up the Arse. I mean, you know, if you told me back in August 1987 that in January 2023, a QPR fanzine would still exist and it'd be 372, I would not have believed you. But, you know, credit to Thomas, he's done a superb job over those last, what is it, 35 years now. There's a really, really good uh, article from John O'Mahony in there uh, about Tony Curry. It mentions Tony Curry's book, which is not that coming up about a year old, but uh, it, it's another good book that people miss. But yeah, no, read. I think the challenge they find is so many youngsters these days they don't even know what a fanzine is. Um, you know, they're used to reading everything via PDF or on tablet, etc. But it's still a fantastic read, and I would point out the current issue of. Um, Pick up the R's issue three seventy two, and with a bit of luck for the first time in quite a long time, seventy three. So I'm looking forward to that. That's an interview with a guy called Alan Davis, who until Kevin Gallon came along thirty years ago, was the leading goal scorer for the Rangers youth team. Scored fifty five goals in the sixty four five season, and then effectively. Wow. Uh, so again, we were talking about youth development earlier. It's never been an exact science. You know, even back under Derek Healy and, and Alex, 55 goals for the youth team, and he never played. Well, you need to come a bit closer because you're feeling nice. Can you hear me a bit better now, Paul? Better? Much better. Good. Good. So, yes, yeah, so that, no, that's, it's, that, it's, that's it's my hours also... end of the show. Yeah, and, and just to elaborate on that on that point, Dave's um, Dave puts an awful lot of time and effort into every every publication, every um, every issue yeah. that comes out. Uh, Thirty five years in, fantastic. Um, but he, he needs supporting. He needs supporting. Um, so if you haven't read it, please pick up a copy of it because you won't be disappointed. It's um, invariably it's an absolutely fantastic read. And there's always something in there. Yeah, he, you know, he's an absolute gem. So, uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with what you're saying there, Martin. Yes. Well, I, I, also, I, sorry, Martin, but the also thing about Dave Thomas kick up the R's is you don't know how good it is until you lose it. Yes. No, that's, that, that's true. Yeah. 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 
And let's face it, and let's face it, there's some of the some of the things in there. I mean, I the modern world's taken over, but I love the fact that he's still going, he's still ploying on with it as he should do, because it's it's a fantastic it's I don't think I've ever read one and not been disappointed. You know, even if you go back to and you forget things, you read it, you go, oh Jesus, do you remember that? And yeah. you know, some yeah. of the madness of the Paladini years and yeah, you know, and the Thompson era and stuff like that. There are some of the headlines and it's just brilliant. He just gets it and you know, only only a fan with such dedication could write such a bloody good fanzine. Sorry, Mark. Well yeah. Yeah, well said. That's true. I could never do it. I'm crap. I just write about being a celiac from Belfast all day long on <laughs> my dog. Um yeah. I wouldn't know what to say. Um you know, could be it. Could be anything, really. Right, my hours end is basically, it's a strange one. It's it's new year, new beginning, and you, you know, you hear of ex QPR players passing, you hear of fans passing, and I think it was nice what the club did the other day. You know, as as we shoot to remember them, but bloody hell, some of these people we know too well. You know, and you know, it's it's, it's sad that you know a lot of our comrades or however people want to call them from years back just so many have left us now you know it's so sad our age and our generation and people you'll never see again and it's just horrible so you know and I think it, it hurts a community like ours so much because it's such a small community and we all pretty much know each other but my god we've been hit hard the last couple of months with it as well and yeah. it's been pretty hard so thoughts and love to everyone who's um who's lost someone because it's not easy and it's never ever ever easy Sadly, as Martin, as you well know, and I know um, too yeah. well. And it's just, I do think that's something the club do well. I would agree. They, and the, the, the thing that the club do, which a lot of it's other clubs fans. do, you know, they, they, they will, you know, every few weeks, people can come along with ashes of a relative. There's no big song and dance about it. Walk them around the pitch. They'll bury his behind the, on the goal line and things like that. A lot of clubs say, oh, for health and safety reasons, we can't do that. Yeah. Just do it. They don't make a song and dance. About it. They're not looking for publicity, but they will do it. And it's a differentiator for our club, Paul. It really is. Well, I can only speak a fellow I knew called Guy Martin died. And they had a, a wee service from in the club as well, which is nice. And we do these things. See, I'm, you know, me being the person I am, I've always, I think there's our Northern Irish dark humor side of it. I've often wondered about getting my ashes done on Office Road. Of course, you would do. But I'm kind of not sure if I should go to the school end and then when we play the scum, I could just hunt the bastards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, very good. So there are two good. minds. What to do, really? You know, do I go for the centre circle? Do I go for the penalty box? Or do I go where Kerry takes and hit this penalty, which is Mars? Um, you know, so I, I may go for the school end just in the case that I can come back and kick them up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a pathetic thing to do, but never mind. It shows my small mind mentality. I was talking to, funny enough, I was talking to a Chelsea fan the other week, bless him. And he was like, you know, it must be horrible to be jealous of us and, and all that. And I was like, I've never been jealous of you. Never once. Why would I be jealous of you lot? You were shit for, the, for years. <laughs> yeah. You brought a load of money in, fair play to you, but you're still in the gutter. You'll always be in the gutter. And, you know, so, so, no, I'm not jealous. I don't. Maybe it's outrageous, but I'm not jealous of anyone. And I don't want what everyone else has got. I just want us to be better at what we're doing. I think that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Ch- Chelsea plastic since 1905. Look how they got the place in the football league. Absolutely. They were an artificial um, yeah. club 
from 1905 <laughs> onwards. Yeah. I could elaborate for hours been... on that, Paul, but I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. Well, yeah. no, even the, even the flipping ground was built for someone else, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, yeah. So let's not forget that. Right, we're going to end the show and school predictions for Saturday. Now, this could bite us in the arse very badly <laughs> on previous years. So I'm going to let you two dig a hole for yourselves first. See how that's going, and I'm going to jump into the end. Martin Percival, school one, prediction. One nil, Lyndon Dykes. Really? Yeah. Right. Nice one. Nice one. Brief. I'm gonna go Brief. I'm gonna go one I'm gonna go one one at ninety minutes and I'm gonna go two one after extra time. Is there not replays this year? No. No. I thought there was replays this year. I thought no, it was third or four. well no. I may be mistaken. I, I, I think it's uh, I, I I think it's sorted out on the day. Yeah. That's my understanding as well. I might be so wrong I, though. I'll I'll go I'll go one one, two so. one after extra time. All right. I don't know. I, I make things up as I go along in life. But I could have sworn it was either a dream that I read third round or fourth round this year and replaced by I'm probably wrong and you're probably right. I think we're going to win 4-0. Nice one. Nice. Well, let's hope you're right, Paul. Let's hope you're right. No, no. If you're going to get bit in the arse, go for it. Go for the team ahead. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, then come to podcast next week and say, oh, did you go? Yeah. I'd love Sinclair Armstrong to come on and get the winner. That's uh, that, that, If I could choose, that'd be, I'd yeah, like that'd him to be start. Well, no, like but back to, what was, no, back to what we were saying earlier. No, back mm. to what we were saying earlier. Strongest start in 11. Um, so bring him on, 70 minutes. Let's let's see. Yeah. It could rough them up a wee bit. I mean, him and Dykes, Dykes needs a partner. I mean, yes. you know, I like what Dykes did on Monday I think he looked a lot better I think he gets a lot of flack but he's never going to score his 20 goals a season anyone who thinks that is mad no, he's, he's not, not that, he's not that type of player yeah. no and you know you're not going to get that he needs someone we need that strike Funny enough, he, I mean you can talk about people who could play where from, if, there must be somebody out there um, but yeah he needs a partner badly I think um, Willock Willock would be a big statement on Saturday whether he plays or not that could be interesting yes yeah. yeah, I agree yeah because I thought on Monday he played, but a little hesitant at times. When I would have expected, he was better. He was better than he has been. He's been a. He's almost been like watching a ghost like Willock for for the few games that he has played prior. He's been. Um, he's had some nice nice moments in games, but it's been largely ineffective. He was far better, far better against Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, the, the the danger is his contracts up at the end of next season. Um, are we? Uh, you know, it, it, is there an is there an opportunity as he sees it to to move on this January? Who knows? Who knows? Martin, listen, we know, and you've got to be realistic. I, I'm, <laughs> I can use both Martins for once. Thank God, I don't have to use nicknames. <laughs> but um, every player on our team's for sale. Anyone yeah. who thinks otherwise is mad. They're, they're for yeah. sale. If a, a bid yeah. comes in, it's decent, or sometimes not so decent. We're in a position where we have to sell. That's where we are, and I guess we're look. Will move on. Well, it's January then the season. He will move on because he will okay. probably send a contract. He should have been tied up in a contract last year. Um, I think Senny's contracts next season as well, isn't it? He's up at the same time, I believe. Yeah. So what what we don't want is a Ryan Manning situation. And I know there's mixed opinions on Ryan Manning, but nevertheless, a very very competent Championship player who we developed to all intents and purposes and walked away on a free. And he's he's going to do the same at Swansea from, from what I've read this week. His contract's yeah. up there, I think, at the end of this season. 
he's um, he's not going to do he's not going to sign a new one or the indications are he won't um, so he, he's he's got an agent that's pecking his head and um, maximising his income from the short time that we play in the game fair play but that that's that that's what we're up against here um, it was a shame because he's a lad that could really develop if he stayed at a club yeah. and went and stopped maybe listen I, he's a lovely lad I know yeah. he's done a dirty on us one way or another but yeah he's a, he's a nice lad and it's a shame sometimes these agents create these situations for players to do this because half the time it's not the players are flipping bin no, behind that, that, them that, that, away. But, but, but that is a reality so how the club protect themselves from that yeah. is um, is difficult you, yeah. you can't you can't force someone to sign an extended contract and um, that, that, that's the deal you know that's the deal that's what the that's what the guys at the club are faced with um, so if if Chris Bullock goes in January, or if he goes at the end of the season, um, I hope he goes on our terms, not on not on his. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always thought with someone like that, you could say, well, if they stay, we go up, we make X amount of money, or we can sell yeah. them for five yeah. million. But reality is, if the agent tells them to put his feet away from it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Do. yeah. No, you have God. to, sort of, you know, they run their value down a bit like the deal that took Sinclair to West Ham, which was possibly one of the most. <laughs> incompetent deals any football club could ever do ever um, I suppose it helped that the chairman of QPR at the time was a West Ham fan but that that deal sticks in my head for all the wrong reasons and it just I don't know just just we we need a bit of luck when it comes to money we need more Ezzy money we need a bit more to invest in the, the first team and we need to strengthen that bench a wee bit and you can't yeah. keep doing it with loans because it's 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 too hopeful of a punt at times yeah, it's it's a balance, isn't it? And it's getting that balance right. That's that's what we need to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I mean, the, and, the, and, the, and the club know that. But you know, we're not saying anything revolutionary here at all. No, it's, um, no. it's it's just getting that balance right. Well, I don't know, Mark. We are we are actually saying something revolutionary. We're asking them to win an FA Cup match. I think <laughs> you don't get much more revolutionary than that. Yeah, I mean, but you, that's you, something you, that with inventing the freaking wheel. That is. Yeah. <laughs> you, you make a good point, though, Martin. And for for every Carl Walker loan. There's another nine typically where you think, what was the point of that? You know, uh, well, we were talking about Thomas Priskin earlier, weren't oh, we? Oh, Jesus. Priskin and his pink mate. boots. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, uh, I mean, we all know Twitter's a bit of a cesspit or can be at times, but some of, some of the opinions voiced about Lyndon Dykes, um, the worst centre forward that we've ever seen and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, either these, these guys have only been watching Rangers for um, a limited number of time. Or they conveniently forget that we've we've suffered the likes of Thomas Priskin with his Thomas Priskin. I think he's the, the, the guy with the biggest feet that I've ever seen. I've seen clowns in circuses <laughs> with tall feet. In it. it was absolutely woeful. He look, was look not, fit, up, to, Tom, not yeah. fit to wear the hoops. He was absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, so... he's got a banana feet. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. fact that he wore pink boots as well, Paul, just to draw attention to it. It should have been yellow. Yeah. It's not been the worst. I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, Steve Sleeve. It was shocking because yeah. there's been a few. Yeah, a lot of those were not lone players. We, we had, you know, yeah. Priston was a lone knee, wasn't he? Exactly. So, no, Lyndon well, Dykes is not a world beater, but he's a trier. Uh, I'll have a trier in the team every time, and, and he adds things to the team, but. As we said earlier, he needs somebody alongside him. You can't rely purely on Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, no, well, but, but, 
back back to the Luton game, the the yeah. amount of crosses that we fired into the box that that particular evening, and Lyndon's been marked by three, if not four, exactly. on occasion defenders. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter who you've got in the centre; like you could you could have the best centre forward in the world. They they are not going to win those those balls. Yeah. They're simply not. You, you need some help. The amount of yards the guy's covered, guy covers is um, is absolutely astronomical during the game. And that's not a typical centre forward. Um, he's not going to score twenty goals as it's April, but the no. amount of work that he no. puts in for the team, the team are invariably better when he's playing. Invariably. Do, do, do you know what would be a deal for him? And we've got to end the podcast sometime, lads. We'll always be here to flip in. We'll be here to kick off a Fleetwood. Um, <laughs> He would suit a young Charlie Austin. Him and a young Charlie Austin together yeah. would be the ideal partnership. Yeah, you know, to make it modern. Yeah. I could say Bannister, but I won't. Um, just someone he can feed it onto, who can get onto him, knock on and, and do what he has to do. And it's a shame he got Charlie at the wrong end of his career because I think them yeah. two would have been brilliant together. But yeah. well, I, I, I think Charlie was a good influence on Dykes. I think he did well yeah. there. Yeah. On that note, folks, we're going to end the podcast. And our podcast that we do listen we'll do a promise right if we get to the fourth round of the cup we'll do another one of these FA Cup story podcasts and we'll oh, do it all the way to I'll, 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 I'll tell my Carlisle story from 1986 on the next one Paul absolutely I'll do the Martin we might just make it me and you um, we'll see how that goes <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'll, alright we'll do this all the way through as long as we're in the FA Cup we'll do this FA Cup journey together I'll speak to you next January then, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, we'll roll out the Carlisle 86 story then, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we'll do is next year we'll, we'll, we'll watch the um we'll watch the draw. We'll do that. That'll be our next FA Cup journey is watching who gets Brilliant. someone else Brilliant. in the fourth round that isn't us. Anyway, lads, listen, thank Martin. Thank you so much for joining us. You've always been brilliant. Always welcome. Really, what a debut. Flipping superb. That was almost as good as Dean Cunnies. Really enjoyed it. Oh, blimey. Thank you very much. <laughs> Reason, no, I'll, go for Paul. I'll, I'll give you a Paul Wright since we're old. I'll give you that for a debut. How's that? Is that better? I remember Paul. He was a yeah, lovely, player. Paul. lovely player. Lovely yeah. player. She never got rid of him. Listen, lads, I'll see you both for Fleetwood on Saturday. Absolutely, and, um, Paul. Here's to... Come on, Rangers. Let's do this. Let's give... Indeed. Yeah. Thanks, lads. Yeah.